A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. The medicine go down. The medicine go down in the most delightful way. <laughs> I'm the boogeyman, and I'm coming to get you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we tracked him down. It's ten minutes with the boogeyman. Ten minutes with the boogeyman. Well, what's new and exciting, my friend? Well, you know, we we are we're about ten days out from a fight here. Starting to wind down training camp, which is nice to say the least. I've been going through. This is the hardest training camp I've ever done. This is the first time I've done a scheduled one um, where everything's written out and planned beforehand. And I plan on showcasing my boxing skills. Wow. Uh, it was an interesting conversation I had on Tuesday with Miss Kaufman because she's fighting a day before you. Yes, she is. So this will be the first time I believe Adam is not in my corner. Uh, he's going to be there working with Sarah, and and you know I'm really excited for her. I know she's been trying to put on or trying to get on a show. I haven't been in uh, to Zoom as much. I've been really just focusing on my boxes. I've been with virtual stage, and you know they still play a big part of my career and. Uh, I'd like to see Sarah back in the UFC, to be honest with you. Wow, that's the that's the best place for her. I think she got a, a rough ride in the UFC with some bad decisions. and, and also, Yeah, I think uh, I was actually really surprised to put her on the Edmonton show. I thought she could have been a headliner there. and uh, you know, I think she's one of the best in the world. And uh, yeah, I think this will just be a stepping stone for her to move on after the show in September to, uh, to be uh, back in the UFC. She also had some other uh, like exciting news that she's going to be on uh, Chael Sonnen's Submission Underground series. Oh wow! So yeah, she's going to be she's the doing main a podcast event. with them, or what is that? What's that? Oh, the Submission Underground. Like, what is that? It's a show, or is it what is it? It's a grappling. Uh, it's a, a straight up grappling show. So they do like uh, any rules. Very cool. Yeah, she's on her way to being a black belt. She's a brown belt right now. She's one of the best in the world. She has won some world titles, so uh, she's definitely a very impressive lady. So who is going to be in your corner then for this fight in Victoria? It's going to be Rick Lestage, obviously. Yeah, it'll be Rich Lestage. will be there. Uh, you know, Alexi will be in there uh, to back me up. Uh, Rich has his own corner. He brings up a cut man and, uh, you know, in a third but uh, he, for, for eyes, so there'll be someone, uh, a gentleman named Greg coming over from uh, the mainland mm-hmm. to come help in the corner. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to work with them. We got to work a little bit before, uh, before the last fight, and now uh, I had a full training camp with them. And I'm really excited to show everybody uh, where I'm at. I, I believe your, your cut man this time will be a cut woman. It is a cut woman, yeah, that's right. I, uh, as soon as I said it, I realized. Is that uh, I was wrong. Are you familiar with her work? I do. I know Joy. Oh, okay. Yeah, great lady. Yeah, from she, what I hear, she does good work. So uh, yeah, you, definitely. You, so, you got a good. Co- it's woman. good, you know, We're getting. We're we're taking this very seriously. You got two fights in the month of September. 
you know, you got to make sure you have a proper staff looking after you, a proper cut, cut person, and uh, you know, a proper corner. And you know, it's uh, it's one of those things like we're we're taking a step up in competition here as well. We're taking a step up. Uh, his name is Wilfred uh, Wilfredo Leo. He's got his twenty fights. He's fought. Uh, Oscar Rivas is top 30 in the world, so he's been in there with some of the best. He's uh, he's gone the distance with some good guys, so this is going to be a fight where I have to box. Oh, I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm, there's going to be a live stream of some sorts. Yes, yes, we'll get we'll get somebody. But Caldwell was actually asking about that. The tick, <laughs> he's uh, he was asking if it'd be live streamed. A lot of people are actually, so it's uh, it's not the same without you guys out here. This is the first time I've. Uh, yeah, you know, I started doing the Spice Life podcast that I haven't been on a show where you guys were there. You know. Yeah, I'm I'm a little disappointed. I won't be able to make it. Uh, the the night before your fight, I will be in Medicine Hat though. That's all right. So you guys are going to be covering um, Sarah's show. I will be. Yeah, Luke can't make it, so I'll be uh-huh. I'll be representing the Spice Life podcast at uh, Z Promotions for uh, Sarah's nice. fight. And then the next night, I'm obviously going to watch your fight. And as I'm watching your fight, I might actually do a live stream video. Amazing. I like it. Live stream and a live stream. And I'll invite Simon Keen to watch it. <laughs> Simon can bring it out. I actually have a revelation. I was going to release it. I'm going to release it on, a, on, uh, on an Instagram video very soon. Yeah, probably tonight I'll make it. Probably release it tomorrow. We, we found uh, some evidence that uh, Simon Keane is actually impersonating me in the UK. Oh, no. Believe it or not. Yeah, he's actually created a fake Tinder account, and he's using my images, because he, he lacks a little confidence to talk to the ladies, I assume. He's created a fake name, and he's trying to lure in potential victims, uh, you know, uh, by, by using my image and my picture. And someone uh, alerted me to this from the UK, and they said, look, there's someone is going around pretending to be you on Tinder and making all these promises and uh, and they just wanted to bring it to my attention. So I'll be releasing the name and all the information and, uh, you know, I had some computer hackers involved and we basically, we traced it back to Simon's telephone. You know, we have his telephone number and uh, so, you know, maybe we, maybe we call him tomorrow and uh, ask him some questions or maybe the podcast can call him and ask him some questions, hard-hitting questions of why he's trying to impersonate me in the UK. Well, I have reached out to Simon Keen to try to get him on the podcast and he... Uh, in kinder words than he said to me, he just said no. But uh, he, he used some he used some profanities. Well, he's he's big time. He's over there with the Fury Camp. You know, we're supporting Joseph Parker in that fight. Yes, for obvious reasons. And uh, you know, Simon, you might need a translator. You know, Simon may not be comfortable with his English. I know I'm definitely not comfortable with my French. So maybe maybe that's how we reach out to him. Is we use uh, we use a translator maybe. We could we could do that. We might be able to set it up just on Google as he talks that it just translates it for us. <laughs> well, yeah, I would like to see that. You know, I think we should set that up for next week where we have a little dialogue with uh, you know you, me, and Simon. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Then you brought up Tinder. Do you personally use Tinder yourself? No, I definitely do not. Um, I would say. Uh, as far as dating concerns, I'm off the market and, uh, you know, so, so any sort of dating site, you know, it's not really for me, you know, I'm a face to face kind of guy. Well, let's, let's be real. If somebody's on Tinder, they're pretty desperate. I, I, that's what I have to, I have to say, like, you're, you're fucking lazy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like it kind of takes away from the whole point of making a connection. 
every so often you meet someone online and you get a connection with them. So I think that's what they're looking for. Yeah. Well, Simon, I, I hope uh, something bad happens to you if you're actually using Adam's pictures on Tinder. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, you know. <laughs> Uh, we're, I'll, I'll release the name and I have all the info. I just haven't really moved on it. I felt, I felt sorry for this poor girl because she did a reverse, uh, Google image search. So I guess the guy was probably leading her on and doing all this stuff. And then she realized that I was a professional boxer in Canada and she sent me messages like, Hey, just so you know, this guy's using a fake profile. Yeah. Well, earlier you brought out the, uh, the hero of the new hero of the French people, Brian, the tech Caldwell. Yeah, Brian the Dick Caldwell. Yeah, he's he's out there. Uh, he now doesn't speak any English whatsoever. I talked to him, heavy accent, barely understood what I was saying. He's fully emerged into the Simon King camp as a spy. So he he never leaves character. He is now Quebecois purely. Like we don't accept him in the West at all. Yeah, I I had an interaction with him yet or uh, last week after we released his new nickname, the Tick. And uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't decipher a lot of his messages because they were broken English with French. And then eventually, by the end of the conversation, it was full-blown French. And he sent me the tattoo that he got, which was a fleur de lis. Yeah, it's a fleur de lis. I know, I saw it. So he didn't like it. I What I took from the conversation is that he was upset with the nickname, but I think it's good. Yeah, I think it's a perfect nickname. And, you know, it's... It's one of those things that you know, he doesn't have any control over. It's, that, that's who he is. It's what he looks like, right? So, hey. you know, well, he's, he's doing a job out there. He's spying on Simon King for us. So, you know, we got to give him some credit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely the tech for sure. Well, after we released that name, I did a little bit of research, and uh, mm-hmm. Amazon picked it up, and they've come out with a new TV show called The Tick Now. It's going to be dropping here in 2017, 2018. Well, Caldwell plays an in- increment part in that, for sure. And, and you know what? I actually, Caldwell uh, got a little upset that we named him the Tech, and he tried to make fun of me by posting an old video of me. And so I actually have some incriminating photos of Caldwell that I'm going to leak to you uh, of him of a certain photo shoot that he did that raises a lot of questions with not a lot of answers. And so I, I'll be happy to fire that off to you as soon as we get off the podcast here. I would enjoy that very much. Yeah, that's not a problem. I've, I've saved it just for this kind of occasion. Let's just say there's a hashtag in there. It says something along the lines of power couple. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, I'm yeah. going to look forward to this. But uh, you do have a fight coming up, and it is on September. Yeah, September the 8th. September the 8th. So you're the day before, yeah. Sarah. Uh, that will be the day before, sir, because I believe hers is on the 9th, as far as I know. So they will be out there the day before. But, uh, yeah, it'll be the day before. Because I fight Friday, she fights Saturday. So you're literally a week away. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty yeah, much. 10 days. What's today, Wednesday? Yeah, 10 days. Because my birthday is this Sunday, and that'll be September 3rd, and then you'll be fighting on the, the Friday. The Friday. What an exciting yeah, and then two weeks later, we're going to hop on a plane and go to Edmonton. Now, do we have any confirmation on any kind of opponent for Edmonton, or is she waiting to see the outcome of this fight? No, Mel likes to keep her cards close to her chest. I'm sure she has somebody lined out. I'm sure she has a few people lined out. I know her in the land. <laughs> Been in the game a long time, so I'm fully expecting to be out there. I feel the best I've felt 
since I started my fight career. This is the first time I haven't had to work. I'm actually getting some sponsors and some people backing me, which is nice. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm pretty pumped. I'm not going to lie to, to get this fight underway, show the people of Victoria how we scrap and then hop on a plane and go out to Edmonton and scrap out there. And then that'll be that. Now, did you watch the, uh, the biggest fight probably in a hundred years on the weekend, Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor? Oh shit! I just hung up on him. Fuck. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Well, I'm gonna call the boogeyman back right now because I just hung up on him, and uh, that uh, that's not good. So just give me two seconds. Uh-oh, that's not good. Set. That might be the most embarrassing thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, we had Simon Keen and Dylan Carmen both hacked into the system and shut us down there. Yeah, that's. I think that's yeah. exactly what happened because all of a sudden, my screen just went blank. Yeah, <laughs> typical. So I did stealing identities you, and hacking our phone calls. Yeah, I asked you if you had watched the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor fight. Yeah, I sure did. You know, I uh, I was actually. It's taken me a while to kind of process the whole thing, and then I heard a little rumor because, you know, to me, Floyd didn't look great. Floyd made him look a lot better than he should have. Mm-hmm. And I was impressed with Connor. Like, he wasn't hitting with a lot of power uh, other than that one uppercut. But, um, you know, it, it just kind of showed the difference of poise that you can only get from having, you know, dozens, you know, uh, of, uh, of professional boxing matches and. Then I heard that uh, Floyd actually made a bet that he would win in the 10th round by knockout. And I heard he wasn't allowed to place the bet, but then I heard his friend did. So that would make more sense of why he would carry <laughs> Connor that long. Jesus. I, yeah, hope, I just heard a rumor, you know. I really hope that's not true, but uh, if it is, good play. Yeah, well played, right? He'll pay off all the taxes that he owes for sure. Uh, yeah, he owed a lot of money in taxes. I thought the fight was great. Uh, I actually thought it it almost lived up to the amount of hype that they put it they put on. Uh, oh yeah, it was definitely uh, at times I was I was captivated for sure, and I thought I thought it was a great fight, and you know I hopefully I get some new boxing fans out there. I will say that the undercard was fantastic. Yeah, it was good. You know, Javante that was his first big, big test. I would have liked to see that fight continue because I actually had him down on points. I thought um, the fight before that with the Englishman there, uh, what's his name? Um, not Frotch. Uh, I can't remember his name now. But, yeah, the undercard I thought was, was really good. Now, did you spend the whole night watching that whole pay-per-view? Yeah, I watched the entire thing from start to finish. I went over to a friend's house, picked up uh, a huge meal for his ribs, uh, all kinds of different stuff. So it, it was good, man. You know, it, it was... It was an exciting fight, but to be honest with you, I'm a lot more excited for the Triple G Canelo fight. 
that's the that's the real fight that's going to go down in, in boxing. Uh, like the the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight was more of a freak show fight and and for promotion wise, but the real boxing fight is Canelo versus Triple G, and that's one hell of a fight. Yeah, and I'll say this: if you put a Triple G or Canelo against any of those guys, now I know Floyd fought Canelo when he was really young. If you put either of those two guys in the ring with those other two guys, Triple G and Canelo would eat those guys up, both of them. Yeah, it's not going past so, four rounds. No, and as a pure boxing fan, it's unreal because Styles make fights. You got Canelo who throws in combinations. He, he pushes the pace. And then you have Triple G who's just an absolute monster who just punches with reckless abandonment, keeps pressure on guys, keeps moving forward, and can take a punch. And it's probably one of the hardest punchers out in the world. And are you taking Triple G in that fight or Canelo? Um... Part of me wants to say that if it happened a year ago, Triple G easily stops him. Uh, now I think it'll be a more competitive fight, but I lean more towards Triple G just uh, simply for the fact he has the power, right? I can change a fight. You get whacked with one of those shots, and all of a sudden, you know, it's a game changer. And, but, you know, uh, Canelo's fought tougher opponents for sure, so that, that comes into effect, but I would give it to Triple G. Yeah, I got Triple G within seven, I think. Yeah, that's where I would have it too. So, it's September 8th. You're getting back in the ring. How has the how has the training camp gone? You said it's been the hardest that you've ever gone through so far. Explain why it's been so hard. Uh, well, I think the, the biggest factor is is uh, I've added a running program, and then I've, I've started to work with um, uh, Rich, who's who's not only my strength conditioning coach, supervises my running, but also does all of my pad work, bag work. He stands there with a stopwatch and a ticker and counts every punch I throw every round uh, when I'm on the bag. When he's on the pads, he's controlling the pace. And sometimes we'll go 15 or 20 rounds. Like, he lost count the other night at 15. And we're working, right? We're throwing power. We're throwing heat. We're doing footwork. We're doing a little bit of everything. And then he does my strength and conditioning after. And then he calls me the next morning at 7 in the morning. She's wearing you running yet. Jesus. And uh, he monitors <laughs> my social media heavy. So he knows where I'm at at all times. And, uh, you know, it's the first time that, uh, that I've had that in a training camp. I've had a uh, really great coach, Adam Zutrek, along the way. Uh, helping me, teaching me skills and things like that. And but he runs a school, and he's got several other fighters. It's the first time I've had one guy train me the entire way through and and be there every step of the way and, and put in you know hours. Sometimes we were going over to Vancouver for the day for sparring. I was driving up to Parksville three times a week. He was driving up here once a week, and you know it's 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 been really really good. It's uh, that's how uh, you know boxing training camps are run, right? It's a slow progression, and so. I've now added uh, an element of cardio, skill, and toughness to my resume. So, I'll be excited to see if this fight can go into, like, how many rounds is this fight? Is this a six-round fight? Uh, it's an eight-rounder. Eight um, I'll be very surprised if it goes past the second round. I'll say that. I'm, I'm punching on point right now. I'm punching harder than I ever have before, and so when I start tagging him, he's going to feel it. Well, what are you tipping the scales then at right now with all this running? I feel like you've leaned out and you probably feel faster. Two, yeah, 245. 245, that's about 10 pounds down than normal. Yeah, I'm usually about 250 to 255, and yeah, I shed about 10 pounds for the fight. So how do you feel physically then? I feel strong. I feel good. I feel I feel fluid in, in what I'm doing. Like I, uh, I'm excited 
but I know I've said that a, a several times, but you know, I, I'm starting to feel uh, more and more composed in the ring. You know, when you look at someone like Mayweather, he wasn't even sweating after the fifth round, and that's because of his composure and his hard work. And it, it only gets to that by taking things to the next level. <sighs> Well, you got you got big things in the future, man. My man, you have a, a work ethic like nobody else, and you're and you're very teachable. All every one of your coaches, whether they've been on the podcast or I've talked to them privately, has always said how teachable you are, and I think that comes from your football career as well. But uh, I'm excited. Well, I'm very lucky that I've had some very talented coaches. You know, when I was working at Zuma, you know, I went from being just a goon slugger off balance all the time to to be a very composed and winning a world title. And, and uh, you know, now uh, with everybody's blessing, I've moved on to the next stage. And, uh, you know, I have someone who's willing to put in, you know, three or four hours every day with me. And, and you know, that's what it takes when you look at guys like Lomachenko, their training camps, you know, their coaches are with them 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And everything's set up, everything's regimented, we document everything, everything's written down, and, you know, we're going to keep progressing every week. So we've got September, two fights in September. Are you going to take a little bit of a layoff after this and go again in December? Or are you going to look for something in October and November? October and November is where we'll be looking after this. Okay. I want to take no time off. <laughs> zero, <laughs> zero rest. So yeah, it's what I love doing. Um, you know, as long as my support group is able to tolerate my madness that comes with training camp, then uh, I'm going to continue to keep fighting. As regularly as I am, and plus I just love—I love the fans. The fans know I'm going to come and scrap. It's not going to be no boring fight. Yeah, well, it'll be—it'll be interesting to see where you can find fights in October and no, in November because KO boxing obviously September and then December. I don't know if anything's coming yeah. up in Victoria, but it'd be interesting to see if you could get back to the Quebecs. Yeah, I'd like to back to Quebec, possibly Toronto. Well, we have some options right here. Wow. Toronto would be amazing. Yeah, I think Toronto would be very cool. I talked to Lee Baxter out there regularly. He's doing some cool stuff. And, um, you know, there's uh, there's some tough guys out there. And so I want to go showcase my skills back east. So being this close to a fight, are you a little honoring yet? You re- you, you're getting a little antsy? Uh, I think a better question... Uh, I think that'd be a better question for my support group there. I <laughs> 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 I've had enough of me yet or not. Yeah, it's, you're you're a, you're a vocal guy, so you know they have. Yeah. So, well, I, I I don't know what else to say other than uh, good luck on the eighth, and uh, I'll be in contact with you before that. But this will probably be the last ten minutes with the boogeyman before the fight. I don't want to bug you too much fight week. Oh, yeah, then we'll hit it when I come back, and then we'll do live show in Edmonton. Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. We are uh, we are going to have a, a live podcast in Edmonton. I think we should do that. Awesome. And that's 10 Minutes with the Boogeyman. This is Jelena Marjanovic, eight-time world champion, and you are listening to the Spice of Life podcast. Welcome to the Spice of Life podcast, featuring Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer. Two talented fighters discussing life, fighting, work, family, balance, and everything in between. Tune in weekly for your fill of laughs. Now, here's your hosts, Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer. Hey, 
Hey guys, welcome back to the Spice Life Podcast. Today on the podcast, we've got uh, Muay Thai instructor and all-around badass, Aline Hamaljan. How are you, Aline? Yeah, good, guys. Nice being on your show. Did I pronounce your last name right? Not, re- not even close. My na- Not even close. <laughs> my last name is Almajan, but to make it easy, just call me Crualine. Crualine. Well, that's easy. Yeah. How, how do you pronounce your last name again? My boxing coach has a ridiculous last name, and I can pronounce it. So it, it, it's now my new thing. I need to pronounce last names. My last name, it's uh, my last name, it's Almajan. And I'll get you, uh, I'll tell you guys a story. I'm good friends with Moro Renalo. And uh, this guy is one of the, uh, I'm so happy that he just called the biggest fight in the history. And, uh, and uh, he always got my name right from the first time I met him. This guy is something, I'm telling you. He's doing the big things he's doing because he treats, uh, he treats his job very professional. The guy, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's not easy, right? The Romanian name probably is the first time you hear something like that. And, and the guy has the ear, you know. Obviously, he got the voice. But, uh, yeah, he uh, met me the first time years and years ago. And uh, I told him the name, and he never forgot it. Every time we had a fighter fight on TV and he was the commentator, he always said it right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I always, I've always had a beef with Moro because I fought on TSN years ago for Mike, like on one of Mike Miles' cards at Calgary. And uh, he, he said, uh, Spicer has a jaw like Cinderella slipper. And I was like, man, I've been knocked down knocked out once in my whole career where do you get off saying that but he said it and i heard him and while we were fighting and i was like what the fuck like you know <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep fighting and ever since then i'm like what a dick i like him though but it was just funny it's it's hard when you do commentary because uh you know uh brand uh, Stan was saying that some referees are are like uh seeing him after the show and says hey man why do, don't you say I'm a shitty referee? You know, my wife is watching and stuff like that. But, but uh, you know, it is what it is. The guy's calling it. And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes they don't come. They don't make friends. Put it like that, eh? The commentators. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I actually went on the internet and I searched up videos that you were in so that I could hear people introduce you. And everybody said it the way Luke said it. And it was John Ramdeen that I watched mostly. But uh, apparently he was wrong, too. <laughs> He's not bad. He's getting better. <laughs> uh, so you're wearing a fight night shirt. I see that right now. Yes, I'm uh, vice president of the media relations for fight night. Very excited about the new, uh, the next event, September 9. Uh, stellar main event with Arnett and Redford. Uh, you know, uh, Jesse Arnett coming up a uh, Nine uh, fights, winning streak, didn't lose in many years. And uh, the guy, you know, he trains hard, he fights hard, and he promotes the fight, right? So very excited to have him on the show. Uh, You know, this is a fight that our chairman, uh, Tom Fiddler, wanted to put together. And uh, props to him for, you know, I think it's one of the biggest fights of the year in Canada when you take away the UFC you know, it's a, it's a great fight. Redford being a UFC veteran with so much experience in Bellator as well. And, uh, you know, um, it's a test that, you know, good test for Arnett. Also, uh, you know, very uh, a great job by Tom and, and Keith. 
putting together uh, such a big fight for the fans in Canada. So, are you are you going to be on site for that that? Uh, yes, I, I'm part of Fight Night. I'm the vice president of media relations, and uh, I work with Tom since the second event and uh, with Keith, and I'm very proud to be part of the team. The I love that uh, you know Tom's vision to put big fights for the fans, and uh, uh, you know uh, you know it can be getting more excited about the event. I will be in Medicine Hat for the for the fights. Awesome, uh, awesome. So we'll I. On Tuesday, we had an interview with uh, Miss Sarah Kaufman, who you guys haven't officially announced to be on that card yet, but uh, she she did let it go on the show that she will be fighting. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the Joe Riggs, legendary fighter, Mike Hill, amazing fighter <laughs> that was a ultimate fighter uh, show and, and had a great career. Uh, that's another big fight, and we're going to have Sarah... Uh, you know, even if it's not official yet, I hope Tom and Kit are not going to chop my legs when I get to Medicine App. But, you know, uh, she's on a card. Then we have Calendas, ex-UFC again. And then we get uh, we got Peter uh, fighting a tough a tough uh, match. And, uh, you know, it's it's a great card. All of, uh, You know, the first five fights are going to look great on TV. We have a partnership with the Fight Network. And uh, we're going live again, and uh, you know it's uh, it's one of the biggest cards in uh, in of the year in Canada. If you take away, you know the uh, the the you know the UFC. But for the fans, if you're a fan, if you in Medicine Hat, Lethbridge, you know Calgary, you know uh, Saskatchewan, driving distance, it's a fight you shouldn't miss. If you are a, a five fan and you are home and you're watching the Fight Network. You know, you're very lucky because uh, Fight Night delivers again an outstanding uh, show. Do you, do you have any athletes from your gym in Hamilton on, on this card? Or uh, anybody that you directly work with? Card, not on this card. We had uh, in the past, uh, I had uh, Josh Hill. I was coaching him at the time. He fought uh, Benny Casimir uh, in a Fight Night 1. And then we had uh, Kyle Nelson, my fighter, fought, uh, fought uh, Jonathan Brokins there on the second one. Cool. Yeah, you got you got some of your your old athletes. Um, Shane Campbell, he's he's competing pretty soon again on on Unified. Yeah, Shane. Uh, yeah, Shane. You know, I'm very proud of him and his career. You know, he started with me when he was a kid, and uh, I had a great time uh, training this guy. He was uh, very talented, and then uh, we went. Uh, we we fought. He fought under me about seventy fights professionally. And in kickboxing and become world champion twice under WK once and WMA in China uh, with a big win over uh, Farnam Mirzai that at the time was ranked at the Racha Damnan Stadium. And um, yeah, so, you know, I had Shane in my gym since he was a kid. This is, I'm at my gym right now. He's uh, where he lived uh, before when he was in town here. It's like two, two, two blocks down. It's nice and I close. Mean, yeah, same area. And uh, I've been here for the last 15 years. And yeah, Shane was one of the fighters I trained. And uh, we did uh, quite a bit of traveling together. And uh, he took on some top fighters. And uh, yeah, he had some good wins, you know, and back in the day. And, uh, you know, yeah, it was, it was a great journey we had together. 
and uh, I saw him a few months ago. He was at my gym, and uh, you know he's still going at it. And he fought in UFC five times. And uh, you know, Coach Dave Leah did a good job with him in improving his ground game, and uh, can be more proud of him, you know, and what he does in a sport and how he conducts himself and all that. Yeah, I, I saw him two weekends ago up in Edmonton. They had a kickboxing card, and uh, up there, and and he uh, he was there with a couple of his his young guys from his gym. I think just one, maybe had one or two. There's only six fights and. And uh, yeah, I had a good chance to catch up with him and, and talk with him. So yeah, it was neat. Yeah, let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Infusion, which that that league there is is interesting to me because I actually never heard about it until Luke brought it up that you were going to come on the show, and then I actually started watching the cards, and you guys put on a fantastic event. Yeah, Infusion. It's uh, um, you know uh, I've been. Uh, doing business with Edwin Van Oss and, and Robert Fradiger for the uh, last 10 years. Uh, it's uh, the company, um, it's founded in Holland, which is, for me, it's one of the Mecca's kick kickboxing in the world. And uh, Edwin Van Oss started the company and, uh, you know, right after its showtime dissolved, uh, he was a partner there and he started this, uh, the brand and uh, it's growing amazingly. Uh, the show, you can watch it in 200 countries around the world. And, uh, you know, um, it's um, the young talent, it's amazing in Infusion. And the card we have in Canada, you know, we are uh, we try to showcase some of the, the locals here. And uh, we try to give, uh, because what happened in the past with Shane, I never had, Shane never fought Thai boxing professionally in our province. We always had to travel. So uh, I think that, you know, if, if we're going to grow with Infusion in Canada, and we will, we're looking at a next event probably in February. Uh, it's a good platform for kickboxers in Canada to, uh, to showcase their skills. And then uh, uh, we can, you know, uh, take them abroad and give them the chance. If they prove themselves uh, locally here, then, uh, you know, there is the, a bigger platform for them. Uh, they, we've been lucky now in the last few years with Glory being uh, in a North America, you know, and um, Gabriel Varga, one of the fighters I trained since he was very young, uh, become the champion. Joe Valtellini become the champion. Simon Marcus become the champion. But, uh, you know, for many years we didn't have a platform for kickboxers. You guys are lucky in Calgary, there was more open in Edmonton. The scene was nice, but in, in, in Ontario... Even now, these days, the commission does not want to sanction professional Muay Thai and professional K1 rules. So, you know, uh, that's my, my thing with Infusion. I want to, you know, try to give those young guys here in Canada a platform to them on, uh, on TV. The last show was, uh, was live uh, in many countries around the world. So the people in the world get to see that we have some talent here and, uh, you know... Uh, it's not just those few guys we named that are doing good in glory. There is other kids that you know, uh, you know, are good at high level and they can fight A class fights. Where will your next event be located? Is it in Winnipeg? Uh, we're looking at Winnipeg uh, for sure. Uh, one of the spots we're interested in, but we're also interested in uh, interesting in coming in Alberta. So uh, as well, we we try to take it across the country. Like I said, unfortunately, Ontario is still not open. Uh, 
to professional K1 rules and Muay Thai, same with Quebec. But, uh, you know, we, we, we always working on trying to make those provinces uh, open to the idea because it's quite ridiculous that you can fight full, full MMA rules when you can elbow somebody when he's back, it's against the, uh, on the floor, but you cannot fight standing up. When, when in, 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 in MMA, you can do all these techniques standing and more, right? Yeah. And, and then uh, the, the province here um, and in Quebec and others, they don't sanction it. So it's quite ridiculous, but what are you going to do? Ontario's got some real, some real silly rules when it comes to combat sports. Like for forever, they had everything banned. Like you- yeah, yeah, we are. You know, I'm, I come from the times when, in the beginnings, the fights were in Indian reserves and stuff. And but uh, we've been, uh, you know, we've been open for a few years now with the MMA, and uh, we had the first, uh, the first uh, UFC in Toronto. I had the fighter Sir Clyde fought on that show, Clyde Patrick. Yep. And uh, it was the biggest show at the time in the history of UFC. They had 55,000 people there. And uh, it was a huge success because uh, the population is it's, uh, high here in Ontario compared to the rest of the provinces. And uh, the people really love the martial arts here. You know, uh, martial arts, MMA, kickboxing, Muay Thai. I think there is 52 Muay Thai gyms in Toronto, if I'm not mistaken, from what I heard. Oh, sorry, guys. Oh. <laughs> Aline's got quite the ringtone. <laughs> yeah, like my my first ever fights were all. I'm from Peterborough, Ontario, originally. Oh, nice, nice. And uh, they're all on Indian reserves, like Rumble on the Res and stuff like that. Uh, actually, they're down in your neck of the woods sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there, yeah. I believe Rumble on the Res is still running, but they're actually doing legitimate shows now. I'm on the res. That, that was uh, Albert Dockstader. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, I, he's he was one of my students as well. Funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He traveled with me to Thailand. I took him. With, but yeah, he did the shows back in the days, and uh, he stopped. Now I still keep in touch with him, but uh, he stopped doing the shows because you know the shows. Uh, the the venue was small there, and uh, you know uh, the economics was not there for him to. Uh, on a profit i think but uh, you know now we have the, the new commissioner is very open and uh you know we are kind of blessed on that, that way uh and uh you know there is a lot of hope that things are going to change and you know at the end of the day it's uh it's like this you know the we live in a democracy the best democracy in the world in my opinion better than any other country i travel on all five continents i'm blessed Canada is the best democracy by far, and still there is, you know, limitation of how we express ourselves. Because, yeah. you know, kickboxing, boxing, MMA, number one thing they do for our society is take kids up the street and give them an outlet yeah. to, to, to spend their energy in a healthy environment. And, uh, you know, if the politicians and the people that run these sports don't see that, that's sad, you know. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we're going to get with the age and, uh, you know, in in the United States, our neighbors here, I think the sport is regulated in every state now, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, I think we'll we'll get there, too. 
Yeah, you know, I agree. And, it, and it's something that is, is really weird when people that don't understand it or really see it and they just think that it's a, a, a violent sport or whatever. And it's, it's uh, you know, bad people do it. And it's the amount of lives that martial arts and, um, and boxing, you know, I'll include that in there too for, for combat, uh, you know, sports. But they, they take these kids with, with you know, troubled lives and, and, and um, bad paths and stuff like that. And these kids come in and they start doing something to without realizing that they're channeling anger issues and stuff. And next thing you know, they're, they're good kids. The, the, the coaches that have already been through that, they're, they're encouraging the kids to do better in school and to, you know, take it seriously and stuff like that. And, and these kids start to transform and, and, you know, become better ones. I've seen it time and time again, since I've been involved in, in, you know, the martial arts scene, you know, even in my own city. Right. So it's cool to see. Yes, for sure. Like I, I always, uh, you know, tell everybody that that's the number one thing that uh, our sport does for the society. Because some kids will have that, you know, alpha male genes, and and they would like the confrontation. And they, you know, and and uh, if they if they come to my gym or your gym or somebody's gym, they're gonna f and then, and and the coach can show him that look, funnel your energy into something uh, positive, and you know. Keep the fights in the ring, and uh, live a clean, healthy, uh, you know, life. Because that's what—that's the best, I think. Yeah. Yes. Well, I know, mean, what's more, more important than money? I think it's health, right? I agree. 100%. You can make a, you can make a lot more money if you live longer. Yeah. Same. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. You know, Luke, I just noticed that Kruelin kind of looks like Fedor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He, you need to go get a picture with Fedor, and then we can hang it up on the wall. Yeah. Probably has I never run into him, man. Oh. For all the years, I never run into him. But uh, obviously, I'm a big fan of the way he fought. And, uh, you know, the early days of Pride when he was, uh, yeah, I was an animal, man. <laughs> uh, he was the scariest man on the planet there for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you, you look at the history of the heavyweight division in MMA and you you take the, the the you know the years he dominated the sport. Uh, I think that he had the most dominant uh, career. You know, for like ten years, I think he was undefeated. He went uh, he went for a long stretch. Um, he beat some of the best guys in the world over at Pride. Where at that time when Fedor was around, I felt that the Pride heavyweight division was was better than the UFCs. Where they had Andre Arlovski and Tim Sylvia, who fought every other week for the for the heavyweight title, and uh, Fedor was fighting like Big Nog, and Mark Coleman, guys like that that were over there that were still in their prime or guys that were up and coming. So yeah, he he did fight some some tomato cans along the way, but uh, everybody does, I think. Yeah, you know, it was a, it was a different era, and uh, the. He fought the toughest guys. I mean, he fought Krokop. He fought all these monsters at the time, and uh, you know, uh, it was uh, he reigned. He reigned for a long time. So, if if you if you look the best heavyweight in history of MMA, I don't know. I think still, I think he's still close to to claim the spot. You know, well, I would agree with that. I think if uh, Stipe Miocic keeps going the way he's going, he might be the best of all time. Oh, for sure. I mean, the skill these days, it's uh, a different level, right? I mean, the guys are more well-rounded, faster, 
faster hands, faster kicks, better movement, better understanding of the sport because it's like human, the human race every Every year we become smarter and faster, and, and, and it's the same with the sport of MMA. The kids today, what they do, it's like, oh, I'm still looking at the kids here in my gym, and they learn jiu-jitsu uh, from Gabe Sagman, and, and I'm like, man, you guys are so lucky to, to learn at this age. You know, you're six, seven years old. You're learning how to strike properly. You're learning wrestling. We have uh, Adrian Woolley here coaching wrestling uh, for MMA, and then, uh, you know, learn jiu-jitsu from a legitimate high-ranked uh, belt in jiu-jitsu and then you get the striking and stuff so you know those kids are going to be scary i i'm scared to even imagine how the sport is going to look in 10 years yeah it's you can definitely see changes in in the sport as a whole from from the amount of from the training and the instruction that kids are getting and and even five ten years ago these guys that started training and coming on the scene they're that much better than the guys from 15 years ago and um yeah it, it is definitely Interesting to see the sport uh, progress on, on all on all avenues, even even in Thai boxing and just the the individual disciplines that go into you know MMA as a whole. But all the individual ones, the the you know the stuff you see like Glory and Bellator and these these kickboxers that are coming out now is is it, it's awesome to watch. Yeah, you know, back in the day, there was uh, the one thing that the kids have these days is too they have access to information very easy. Back in the day, I remember when I fought the first time I put my hands on a good a good uh, uh, DVD with Rob Kamen. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, uh, DVD, what, the, what I'm talking about? VHS with Rob Kamen was like, oh my God. It was like the Holy Grail. We would pass that uh, tape to, from one person to another person just to see Rob fight. And, uh, you know, these days you just one click of a button and you can see any fight on any continent and... Uh, it's an era, an era of information, so the the young generation gets uh, the benefit to see the old greats and the new greats, and you know, and uh, beside their coach's opinion, then they can make their own opinion and they look at the look of the movement, and it's a lot easier, you know. Mm -hmm. Isn't it wild that I remember when I was a kid, I used to run down to Giant Tiger to go find the UFC. VHSs and buy them in there for six dollars or whatever they were, and that was the only way that you could you could watch the fight unless you ordered the pay per view, or if it wasn't even on pay per view, you had to wait for it to come out on VHS. And then now you can just go on the internet and find anything you want to find. Yeah, but it was it was tough back in the day trying to trying to be able to watch any kind of combat sports. The only place I could buy them was the old Giant Tiger in Peterborough, Ontario. Yeah, yeah. Those I got, I got the v, v, VCS to DVD digital downloader, so I can start oh, uploading some of my old VCR tapes from the. Uh, I'm still shutting this video off, but from the VCR tapes because uh, that's how all my matchups are, are on. I only have you know half a dozen matchups on a uh, uh, digital copy. I mean, I got some CDs, I think, um, or DVDs, I guess, but most of them are all the tapes from. You know, he used to fight in those amateur days, and Mike Mike Miles would send you a VHS tape later for eight bucks or whatever. And I'm like, I just want my fight. I don't want the whole card, <laughs> you know, just so you can see it and watch it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely interesting to see that old quality in these. You know, the the, the athletes these days they don't even realize how lucky they are to be able to compete on shows like Fight Night and you know. Uh, 
whatever King King of the Cage and and Strike Force and even all these smaller you know smaller shows around um, that aren't the big big stages. Um, Hard Knocks out of Calgary, like they have awesome production for their shows, and the and the the athletes get copies and and they're seen all over the place. I mean, my grandpa used to have to wait till I'd come to Moose Jaw with the DV, with the VCR tape of my last fight just so he could watch it. You know, of course, like. That's one thing with uh, with uh, Tom, you know, uh, our, our chairman of uh, of the the fight night, uh, you know, gives those young kids not just uh, not the, just the mega stars we have on the show, but the young kids uh, that that uh, you know coming up, and those guys are hungry. They fight. They're gonna be live live in uh, 38 countries. This show, you know. So you know the feeling of uh, when you fight, you're young and and you're just starting. And then uh, you are in 38 countries on TV. Man, that feeling alone will make you, will pump you up to put a good performance and stuff, you know. All your family is watching at home. And, uh, you know, then you got the veterans that, you know, they will give uh, uh, a standing show, you know. But uh, we're very, very, uh, you know, happy to be partners with uh, Fight Network in this, uh, in this event. And hopefully we can do many, many more in the future. Yeah. What is your role with Infusion then? Are you like the president or the matchmaker? I am the president of Canada's operations. And, uh, you know, uh, me and uh, Rob Fredinger, he's, uh, the, he's uh, the representative for US, uh, USA and Canada. You know, we work closely together to, on everything we do. And uh, under the supervision of the, the head office, uh, the owner, uh, Edwin Van also. That's what I do for the infusion. I have a question for you. It's yes, kind of, it might be uh, people look at me a little bit silly when I ask other people this and they don't understand. But uh, Luke has been doing a lot of kickboxing fights in cages. Yeah. I, I don't like these events for a guy that wants to end up going to a ring. So what are your thoughts on uh, having a kickboxing fight in a cage? Well, uh you know the, it, of course, it's gonna change a bit the way the fight is played, right? The rope, uh, you if you know how to use the rope, you can use it to your advantage. But the cage just has no give. Oh, I right? agree with that. So once once you end up on a on a cage, it's like uh, it's like a cheese grinder more than you know on the rope. You if you know how to use it, even in a clinch, you can use it on your advantage. But uh, so it changes a bit the the way the the you know changes a bit the the dynamics of the fight but it's still a fight you know so so if the people are entertained you know uh, I like the traditional like Thai boxing uh, you know comes from Thailand and and uh, the kingdom of Siam Burma and those guys fought per knuckles and then uh, I, I'm pretty sure I don't want to be wrong here with the air with the ear. But uh, at one point, they're like, man, these fights are brutal. <laughs> so we can uh, compete in stadiums. And then they're like, okay, we're going to wear gloves like in boxing. And, and we're going to put it in a ring. Because I'm sure before, before the, the ring, the fights were just, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I don't know. You guys went to Thailand? I lived in Thailand for nine months. Yeah, so so you know, you see the rooster fights. I mean, some like I'm sure the 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 man to man fights were not different than that. But when when at one point they're like, we're gonna have to make it a sport with weight classes and 
and everything. And then they they uh, take the option to do it in a ring. But every every um, uh, every uh, you know thing you add, like if you remember who was in Vegas, they were doing the boxing matches, but not in a ring. It was like a like a a, a circle that was sinking in. Chuck Norris. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that changed the game. That changed the way you, your footwork is and your punches, and it changes yeah. the, the dynamics of a fight. So it's same with being in a ring. I think a cage. You, you, as soon as you change the, you know the the environment where the fight takes place, it changes. You know you can use other techniques. You can do the Paris kick after cage. You know cannot do that in the ring, right? Yeah. No. No, you know one of the hardest parts is is that there is not out in Alberta right now. Like I mean, I uh, I retired over ten years ago in my amateur career. Right, I, I was married. Didn't ex didn't want me to fight, and then a couple years ago I got divorced, and I was like, man, I'm I'm going back. I have unfinished business, you know. And I turned pro and 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 started competing and, and fought four times in the last eighteen months. And but three of those. Three of those matches were in a cage only because that was the only spot a guy could get a, a matchup. I had some good friends that had promotions and stuff, and so they were running MMA promotions. But they're like, we think we can get the the rule set and bring in the you know um, kickboxing judges and do all that. And they did that. They they helped me out, you know. And then, uh, but I know that if I want to get to you know a, a bigger stage like infusion or bellator or glory for for kickboxing i need more time in a ring and that's the that's the biggest challenge right now is trying to decide do i take another matchup in a cage just because it's a available matchup or do i hold out and try to wait and and get on a on an undercard or a smaller show for in, in a boxing ring because i would prefer to fight in a boxing ring um that's where all my matchups were in the amateur days. You never, you never competed in a cage. You, you kickboxed or, or did, you know, K1 style fights. So um, it was always in a in a boxing ring. But being away from it for so long, um, I'm, I'm Tanner and I talk about that all the time, right? It's kind of a struggle. It's like, well, do I do I not compete because my only option is, is in a cage? Do I hold out for you know another another matchup that? possibly could come through or do I take that matchup in the cage so that I get the ring time and, and the and not the ring time but the the extra um, you know, fight time and um, and do that you know and it's been a it's been a struggle because I've, I've turned down um, three fights for December because they're all offered in a cage and one in September because I, I want to wait for that opportunity to be back in a ring and uh, and do that but right now around alberta and bc there's nothing available in a boxing ring for for kickboxing yeah you know the main thing in fighting i think is uh, you know uh, the the more experience we have in fighting because training you know you learn a lot and, and stuff but the real fight takes you to it shows you exactly what your your holes are and and you know, uh, ex getting experience is very important, and yeah. uh, you know, for fighters. I mean, uh, you know, I remember when I fought, my coach would tell me, "Do this, do that," and I say, "Yeah, yeah, I'm doing it, I'm doing it." But I was not doing it, and probably he got tired of telling me that. And when I got in a ring and I got clocked, then I remember uh, next uh, next fight, I knew for sure I'm not doing that again. You know, so experience experience is very important. It makes us better. Uh, you know, and uh, the more competition the better we get as a, in anything 
you know? Well, mm-hmm. Luke's got a guy that's chasing him too right now. What's his name, Luke? Who's that guy that keeps calling you out? Ooh, Matt? No, the other the other guy that keeps messaging you on Facebook. He's coming up with all these silly fights for you to fight oh. to fight him at. Oh, Charles Bissett. Yeah. You know Charles, I'm sure, right, Ali? Uh, you know that name? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not I, I okay. don't know him. He, he he lives in LA right now. He he competed in glory. Um, okay, okay. And uh, he's what is he? Twenty-two and seven as a pro. Yeah. I I had uh, competed against um, some old training partners of his back in the amateur days, and I and I beat them up. And uh, he just messaged me out of the blue, and was like, "Hey, I see you're back competing. You know, we should we should fight." And I was like, "Yeah, man, sure, whatever. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Let's find a let's find a venue." But the the two of the venues right now have been you know again friends and uh, are good acquaintances uh, offering up a kickboxing rules matchup in a cage and it's just like man like I'd like to see that I'd like to see that match in a boxing ring somewhere because I I believe it would be a good a good fight uh, you know another person I'd love to compete against again would be uh, Mark McKinnon you know he he fought on your guys' show out in Halifax a uh, a month after I lost to him, he didn't beat me. I lost, and uh, I, uh, you know, I'd love to get that rematch in in a in a cage with him. I I um, or not in a cage in in a ring with him, and uh, you know, just just anybody. I just to get an opportunity to compete in front of people again in a, in a boxing ring. My life's in a totally different place now than it was seven months ago when uh, when I lost to Mark. Uh, I've eliminated a ton of stress and, you know, I can't, I can't express that enough to, to people that are competing in any kind of sport and living life, like how badly stress actually affects your performance. You know, it affects your sleep, it affects your ability to train. Um, and then ultimately it affects your performance on, on fight night. And, um, uh, you know, getting rid of that stuff after I turned a, a matchup down a month later, um after that loss to mark because i wanted to just address all the things that were that were bothering me and uh, that, that affected me that night and and i did and the training camp for june was was insane and then the card got canceled last you know a week before and um you know so yeah i've been on uh, i've been off for for quite a while now so to get back in there and to do something i'm getting that real antsy you know i want to be able to do some stuff and it's just trying to find the right uh, I don't want to just take a matchup just because it's a matchup, you know, or, 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 or compete on a card just because it's ring time because, uh, um, you know, then it, just because you get a win against a tomato can to me isn't, I've been in there 35 times. It's not, it's not like, um, uh, you know, you, you need just, just to get in there to get a paycheck to get a win, you know. I, I don't feel that I need to go through the walk down and, and go through the diet and the cut just for, just for experience, quote unquote, right? Like I'd like to have it against somebody that that ultimately really pushes me again to perform. If that makes sense. Yes, of course, I agree with you 100. Uh, percent I got uh, I got a local show I'm promoting for many years here, and uh, I always uh, believe that for my fighters, I want the toughest challenges because it's same like life, you know, easygoing life is not going to make you tough. But if you if you face real obstacles every day, you will uh, 
you will become a stronger person in same in a ring if you if you uh, if you face tough competition from the beginning you will become a good fighter and and you know if you continue the path some people find out it's not for them which is fine because our sport is not just for the ring fight it's for people to 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 live a healthy life as well more yes. people most of my students you know are, are at the gym because they want to live a healthier lifestyle. They want nothing to do with getting punched in the head. And they don't enjoy the buzz. They don't enjoy that. And and uh, I like people to find out because a lot of people think, I, I read into uh, an article that says the men think they're better at fighting 4,000 times than they really are. And I believe that's 100% true because every guy thinks, oh, I can fight. But no, man, you're not, you, you can fight at the bar, but you're not fighting a real fight when the other guy is skilled and strong and trained and, you know. So so uh, when they come to the gym, I want them quick to, to get in a sparring match. And then uh, you see right away, this guy is a fighter. So you don't waste his time, you know. And then you tell him, buddy, this is not for you. And Because and, tough, tough, tough obstacles will make you tough. Yeah. If you have an easygoing uh, run... And, and uh, you know, I had uh, back in the day a guy that would never want to spar, right? And, uh, and he, he talks, he says that, oh, this gym is crazy, you know, crazy sparring, crazy this, that. But when he got in a ring and he never experienced how is the real fight, he got embarrassed in front of his parents and, 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 and friends and everybody because he never knew how is to take a punch. He experienced mm -hmm. life in front of his family instead of learning that lesson in a gym. So, so you know, uh, you need to, you need to. Uh, I believe that. I agree with you, Luke. You know, tough challenges make us better. Easy going life, easy going, no obstacles, no, you know, we're gonna become just comfortable. You know. Well, it, it's the the common saying is it's all fun and games until you get punched in the face, right? Like. <laughs> you can go in the gym and hit pads all you want, but until you actually figure out if you can take a shot, it's a different thing. Like it's terrifying the first couple times you get punched in the face. You're like, oh my god! And yeah. Then, well, and <laughs> go ahead. Oh, go ahead. It's a. It's just a. It's a scary thing, especially like if you get clipped good and you get that that hum or you see the stars all over the place. You're like, oh my god, it's nighttime, but it's not. And uh, it, it's a. It's a different feeling. You add that you add that into the uh, you know the adrenaline the adrenaline dump and the and the energy that you get from being in front of all these people and a crowd cheering and all that stuff. I mean, you can't you can't explain that properly to somebody until they actually do it. You know, and it's like there's no there's no better feeling in the world right now uh, that that I get when when you're sitting there and it's like. You know that they're announcing the, the the winner of the matchup just before yours, and you're like getting ready, and and you know you know that you're going to be walking out, you know whether it's first or second, but you know you're you're walking out, and you get those butterflies in your stomach, and you, you kind of ask yourself like, man, why am I doing this again? Oh yeah, right. And you you know you get in there and you get hit, and then you're like, oh yeah, this is why I do it because I love to compete, like I love this thing. I'm not doing it for. Um, I'm not doing it for anybody, you know. I'm doing it for myself, and and I think when people really realize that that it's it's such a rush, you know. I've been skydiving and things like that, and I think you know there still is not a rush like like going out there to compete in front of 
you know, thousands of people and have people tuning in from, you know, all over the world to watch this matchup and they, they get to see you and, and um, you know, you get to perform something that you trained, you know, for some of us our whole lives for, um, you know, and and put put that time and work in. And But, yeah, I mean, even just thinking about it right now, I've got goosebumps because I'm thinking about walking out and doing that and how, how exciting that makes me feel when I get to do that, uh, um, you know, make that walk. That's that's the that's the best feeling in the world. It's home for, for like, if, uh, you know, you said it right. It's hard to explain somebody the feeling if you don't really experience this, right? And and I told, uh, I tell people that, you know, they, they, they do this kind of, they want to do a full contact sport, right? But they don't want to spar because they say, oh, well, well I'm going to get hurt. But listen, to me, it's like this. How I'm going to teach you how to swim by telling you how it is. Tell you the sweet, the, I'm going to tell you the feeling of water, right? If you don't get in the water and you don't get wet and you struggle and you try your best there in the beginning, it's same with fighting. You know, you need to be comfortable with that feeling. You know, when yes. you're, the first time you get in the water, you're like passing in and try to find your rhythm and the breathing. And, and, and it's similar with the ring. The first time in the ring, man, you like have all these feelings and you want to do so much and you want to, you know, uh, you, you want to do this kick, you want to do that kick, you want to do this punch, you want to do that count, but nothing comes through because you're, you're overwhelmed with feelings. Mm. And the more you do it, it becomes like a, drinking a cup of water, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, and, and the other thing, too, that you can't explain to uh, young young athletes is is being able to, in the back of their, their head, like, tune out all the noise from the crowd tune out tune out the, the the opponent's coaches and hear your hear your coach hear his voice you know telling you what to do and it's like I've explained to young guys too you know and older guys that are young in the sport it's like you know your coach is basically playing a video game with you he can see everything going on and when he's telling you to you know kick he's pushing the jab button you know, on the remote control when he wants you to jab. So if you listen to him and you can, you can, you know, get down and you can calm down and you can just do what you you know you're supposed to do. But he he's giving you that guidance, you know, and and um, finding that space right where you can listen to them and and do that. You can see the best fighters in the world. You can hear their coaches. You know, it's neat on on big shows when they got the camera in the corner and they're picking up the coach's voice. And you can see the athlete doing what the coach is saying the whole time. You know, it's it's uh, it's wonderful to see. Yeah, you know, uh, I agree with you. I had those moments in in life a few times with some top level fighters I train, and uh, you know, it's kind of as a coach when you look at when you get to that moment, it's like wow, took so much work to get there. You know, because like I said, uh, these days you see some guys they say, ah. Oh, I'm the I'm coaching this guy. I say, okay, you're coaching this guy. You just, you know, how are you coaching this guy? You never coach a beginner. You never coach a, a an amateur fighter, right? Because as coaching is like life, you need to start step by step. Because if you're missing the base, you're going to have a big problem, you know. You have to learn the ABC before you learn how to articulate words. And when you articulate words, you know, to, to make phrases, you have to learn all the words. It's same with in our sport. And these days you see, uh, you see people teaching, uh, I call it the blind leading another blind, because uh, 
if you never did these experiences and like Luke said, if you never been there in a ring to experience all that, you cannot make your fighter feel comfortable in those situations when when you get to those experiences, you know. Yeah. But if you've been there, you've been in the deep waters, you know, you know how to deal with adversity. You you know, you've been buzzed, you've been down, you come up, you know how to beat an eight count, you know, you can ex you can share those experiences to others and make them better. But uh, you know, it's uh, I see a lot today, this day, there is a coach every corner and everybody's doing stuff. But uh, they 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 missing that, you know the grade one two three four the base you know that it's yes. very important with the fighter, it's very important with the fighter to teach him those basic because that's gonna make him successful in the long run. If you don't have those basics and those feelings and those those hard rock solid uh, you know base, you're building on glass, you know yeah. It's like guys that just set out and do those pad routines like they see Mayweather doing on, on uh, Instagram and think. And it's like, man, that guy has so much experience doing just same punch a 10 million times, just a jab, just a cross, you know, and he's putting these together now. And that's the, that's the final outcome. He didn't get that good by doing that pad combination 10,000 times. 100%. Look, like you just mentioned this guy. Mayweather started boxing when he was five. He went to the, he had probably hundreds of amateur fights. He went to the Olympics, right? So he had hundreds of amateur fights before he even turned pro. Then yeah. he had another 50 professional fights. Like the guys dedicate, since spend all his life and, uh, you know, the young guys, they're looking at him and try to, uh, they're more concentrated on, uh, on, his, on that uh, pattern than uh, throwing a proper jab. Because uh, when you go, when you go even the highest level fight, we just had this big fight last week, and and uh, it come down to basics. Yeah. It come down to basics. It come down to straight beautiful punches. Let the guy miss, and uh, and uh, I think Mayweather at 40, he still his basics are so good that he can get away with everything. He still, even at his age, his footwork is so good. His head movement is so good. From these days when he he drilled those millions of times, like you said, look right, and yeah. he, his base is so solid that I bet you he just get in sh gets in shape for these fights and still smokes those guys, you know. Mm -hmm. well, Mayweather's uh, he's a real student too. Like I I don't think there's a day that goes by that he he's not studying the sport of boxing for hours and hours on end. And like those those pad combinations that he does, where it barely looks like he's moving, he just does that for cameras. Like if you actually ever watched Floyd Mayweather train, it's very methodical. Everything's yeah. perfect, even his down to his 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 rope jumping. It, it's all perfect. Everything's perfect all the time. Amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, about eight weeks ago, I was in Montreal, and uh, uh, one of my friends, Dewey Cooper, he's uh, one of the coaches at his gym. And this was way uh, right when they had, uh, announced the fight, and I asked him, well, "So what? So what happens?" Like he says, "Man, this guy's been training already for the last two weeks. He already had like three sparring matches." <laughs> so he's a like you know the the videos with him eating hamburgers and stuff. No man, like you said, uh, he's a he's a student, and and he trained his ass off. I bet you because you know he is where he is for a reason. And I mm -hmm. told this to. You know, you're looking at where he is today, but he comes from poverty. He comes from nothing. And, you know, the sport of fighting and, and boxing for him, 
change his life because he had uh, he had the will and uh, he didn't take no for an answer and he moved forward and you know uh, people are looking at the end result but they forget to look where the guy come from and how much how hard he had to work and how how, how hard he had to sacrifice yeah you yeah know, 50 times he made weight professionally and probably another 150 times amateur so he had the impeccable nutrition all his life and uh, you know he trained every day to go to the Olympics, he got dropped in the final, but just to make it to the final, that means you're like an elite, but like you have to be, you know, amazing, amazing yeah. just to get there. And uh, when you see him boxing when he was young, I mean, he looked you're like, you're like, wow, that's a boxing machine right there, you know? Exactly. Every job, every cross, every hook, every uppercut was perfect. His balance, his footwork, the way he moved his head. You know, he was a he was something special. But people, I think, forget to look at the where where he started and the basics he got from his dad when he started. And you know, these days, yeah, he's forty and he's still uh, in phenomenal. Like he's in great shape. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, he, he fights 12, 12 rounds like we are having a, a coffee. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> It's very true. It's what I tell all these young kids, too, that come into the gym and they want to do these spinning back fists and flying knees and spin kicks and all the all the cool-looking flashy stuff. I'm like, realistically, when you're going to knock somebody out, it's going to be a straight punch. Basics kill. Jab, jab cross, hook, front kick, leg. Basics there you go. kill. That's what you need. That's, that's you you but, don't chop trees down by starting at the top, jumping up, hitting those top branches. You hit the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a fight. A fight is is groundwork. Like you you start off and you lay you lay a foundation for what's going to happen in the later rounds. Not unless you can clip that person in the first round and get them out of there. But it, it it's all wear and tear, and it you, it's a very strategic game. Everybody looks at it like it's a violent, brutal sport. But the, when the guys are in there, it's more like a chess match than anything. Full contact chess. Yeah, it's all. Uh, that's what I look at it as. It's a. It's a very strategic game. That one wrong move. One one wrong move means you're gone. You're out. There's mm -hmm. no more. No more for you that day. And, and you'll never be the same sometimes because you know, the boxing. It's all you know. You got the gloves and. But in our sport, man, you catch a good chin across the head and on neck, you finish it. You you'll never be the same man. You know. This is not a joke. Our sport is a is the the toughest sport by far, you know. It's the toughest sport by far, and uh, I don't care what people say about other sports and stuff. But man, it's man to man. It's a chess game, like you said. One small mistake, you end up in a hospital. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Alan, uh, do you follow uh, John Wayne Parr over there in Australia? Do you, do you see yeah, him on social media? Not, he, not really, but I see his uh, his fights in a cage now, right, with the little gloves. Yeah, yeah, well, Cage Muay Thai. But he, uh, a fan of his, a super fan of his, I'm sure it was a fan, had uh, produced a, um, somehow they had got, like, like pictures of, of all of all of his scars from his, um, his uh, fighting career, his 150, you know, fights. And uh, he's got 330 stitches. Like, you know, he's kept track, right? And, and they put together this uh, picture, Photoshop kind of, of all the scars on his face, of, of all the times he's had stitches, and lots of them are in the same spot. But to see this zombie face with all these scars after, it's like, man, there you go. And people go, yeah, you 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 want to do this? Like, you sure you want to 
train and do this and, and you ask him and he would ne- i mean you could see it it would never change it it's a part of who he is and and um you know guys like yourself and tanner me you know anybody that's anybody that's been on the show uh you know it's a part of you you know you just you want to do it it's uh I had somebody ask me what I would do if I couldn't if I couldn't actually fight anymore, and and the crazy thing is I gave it up ten years ago for somebody, and I like if I couldn't walk, I, I wouldn't do it. As long as I can be moving and be down there, you know, um, I'm going to be involved in it somehow because it's it's part of who I am. It, it 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 I'm unhappy when I'm not doing it, you know. So it's worth it to get those scars and those bumps and bruises, you know. You nail it. You nail it right there. It's a, it's our journey. And you know, uh, uh, when I grow up, I grow up in a communist in Romania. And uh, it was uh, when I was a teenager, we had the revolution. You know, and I I see some some bad things, and then uh, violence and stuff on the streets, people shooting. You know, and then uh, after that, Romania become like an anarchy. It was like El Dorado, man. Everything goes right. And uh, I find out that the ring was the purest spot you can be. Two men going against each other with a set rule, right? No knife, no guns, no this, no that. And, uh, you know, you express yourself and you see if you're good enough or not. And there is, uh, of course, there is going to be some corrupt judges sometimes, but that's up to you to not let it go to them, right? And uh, to me, it was like the purest thing that I can do. And and like you said it, and like you guys said it, it is it is part of me for the rest of my life until I die. And if it would be for me to write my life again, I would do exactly the same. It was a, such a, a for me it was very hard because poverty. I come from poverty. I come from communist, where it's a dictatorship and no freedom of speech, and uh, many times no dinner. You know. And uh, I told my, I tell my students, you know, because uh, we live in Canada, this is the, we are so blessed. There is no reason to not be successful. You cannot have an excuse that I'm going to accept, you know, because I, like I said, my students are not just the fighters. Some of them, you know, try to be lawyers, doctors, whatever they try to be. I, I train so, so many policemen. And uh, of course, I train a lot of tough guys that come, you know, and they need a spot to, to, to focus their energy as well. But uh, I always tell them, if you really want to be su- successful, you know, and you really love something, you have no excuse because we live in the best country in the world. And, uh, you know, as if, you were, if you have a dream, you work hard and you make no excuses, right? Because that's easy to do. It's easy to wake up and say, oh, I couldn't do it because this and that. But, uh, you know, the real winners, the real successful people, the real guys that succeed no matter what are the ones that overcome all those obstacles. And the same in the ring and the same in life, you know. And, uh, you know, that's what I try to teach my students every day, you know. That, uh, that, and, and all that comes from our sport. You know, I didn't go to, I, I went to a physical, I have a physical education university, but I never, you know, I never learned. And nobody taught me business. Nobody taught me, you know, this and that. I grew up in a fighting gym, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the ring and the sport, you know, teach me to, to live my life with honor, to respect others, and then, and then teach me that if you really love something a lot and you believe in yourself and, you, you know, you make no excuses, you can do anything. Look at Connor, you know, 
how can you not give this guy respect? People keep putting him down. He come from Ireland, a country that has no tradition in MMA, come in with some heavy hands and a dream and make no excuses. He did not go to this gym and that gym and this, that, and, and try to find answers somewhere else. He looked right in front of himself and says, these are my people, these are my crew. Because, you know, even me looking at his last fight, I'm like, wow, why, why he didn't hire Freddie Roach? Why he didn't hire some boxing coach that, you know, have more experience in boxing? But I have to respect this man for his loyalty. He's mm -hmm. loyal to the people, you know, and uh, that he started with. He loves them. They, he trusts them. They trust him. The, he knows there is no interest there because when we, you start the journey with your mates, with your people, you started in the same spot, right? It's not about money. It's not about greed. It's not about nothing. You know, you do it because you love it. We all mm -hmm. do this because we love it. We will do it for free or we do it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I respect him for, you know, and he's where he is. I think one of the reasons of his success, okay, the guy is charismatic. He can talk. And, and, and people tune in, right? But uh, also I think that, uh, you know, uh, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, rewards loyalty and honor, you know? Well, mm -hmm. Connor could fight too. <laughs> he can. As well, yeah, he's a heavy hitter, man. He hits hard. He couldn't hit Floyd hard, but, you know, when he puts those little three-ounce gloves on and he throws, uh, he, he his hands are flying, so... I like his you know, kicks. He's got good kicks, too. Yeah. And, and good understanding of a fight, nice footwork, you know. And uh, even because uh, he talks so much that sometimes if you, you know, I was watching his fight and I'm like, oh, no way he can beat this guy. No way. I had so many doubts. In. And then, boom, he, he makes them look silly. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, with Aldo, I'm like, no way. Aldo has been a king for so long. He's going to have so many tools. And then... Boom, makes it happen. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, of course, he got the skill as well. Yes. Well, crew, we are up at the hour mark. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you, find your gym, and watch your next shows coming up. That You're going to have the, the Fight Night promotion coming up, Z Promotions, I believe that is, and then uh, Infusion as well. Okay, so my website, it's crewaline.com. Very easy. Then... Uh, Fight Night, Medicine Hat. This is going to be an amazing show. It's, uh, you know, best card of the year. Jesse Arnett, Benford. This is going to be a fight that you don't want to miss live on the Fight Network. Uh, and also, uh, you know, later in uh, September, I have the local amateur show as well. The local guys. We have Bennett and Pam. These guys, you know what? If you love Muay Thai, traditional Thai boxing with clinching and elbows, you can't miss those guys. And uh, thanks, thank you so much for having me, guys. Pleasure talking to you. It was like a chat with the boys. I love this kind of stuff. <laughs> thanks, Aline. Well, we appreciate, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, we appreciate yeah, you coming look, on. This, uh, don't keep keep uh, don't keep your uh, your your hopes low. You know, as soon as uh, we find an opportunity to get you in a ring, we'll we'll get you there. Boom. That that we love to hear, my man. So Thank again, you. it's uh, Fight Night Z Promotion, September 9th in uh, Medicine Hat, Alberta. And then uh, Infusion, whenever he's got that coming up. What is the website for Infusion, Aline? Infusionlive.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, 
like I said, Fight Night, Medicine Hat. Don't miss this show live on the Fight Network. I'm excited. Tom Fiddler, the the the, the owner of the event, man, this guy has a heart of a lion, and he puts for the fans in Canada the best cards possible. Uh, the matchmaker, Kid Guy, nice guy again, working his butt off, and uh, it's all for the fans. And uh, you know, don't miss this one on Fight Network. Awesome. All right, we're out. Hey, hang on the line for a second.